ladies, puberty, PMT, pregnancy, the menopause. Yes, your hormones have been taking you for a ride for years. Hot flushes on the bus, menopausal meltdowns in the office. Whatever those hormones have made you do, Jenny Smith and Kate Bouse are here to lend a sympathetic ear. Why not write in and share your hormonal hell with the girls? Don't worry, they've heard it all before. It's time to put those hormones in the firing line. This is Dear Hormones. Welcome to your safe space, ladies. Coming up on today's show, why hormones and snoring are a lethal combination. Why you should always tidy your room with a menopausal mum in the house and one family fess up to their collective hormonal rage. Hello and welcome back to Dear Hormones. Hi Kate. Hello Jenny. And how have you been? Well, I know how you've been this week, Kate, because we met up, didn't we, on Friday night? We did. We met up for our poker night. Yeah, poker night. Um, we're t- we're a, f- a group of us are trying to teach ourselves poker and probably we were there for what felt like four hours or more, Kate, probably. We probably had two games <laughs> we were talking. <laughs> and I have this competitive streak and I was quite determined to beat you all and I lost for the second time. It was like only our second night and I lost again. But, Kate, um, that's so funny because I, I had a close eye on you during that night. <laughs> and every time you lost more chips, I could see it was really winding you up. <laughs> and then right at the very end, you wanted us all to put our chips in, didn't you? At the end, let's all just put our chips in. Let's put all, all of us put our chips in. I'm sure it's because you didn't want to be the only one with no chips. <laughs> well, I thought if everyone put all their chips in, then I still had a chance of winning. <laughs> um The one thing I want to talk about before we get going on the letters this week, Kate, is there's been very exciting news in the news this week. And that is, I don't know whether you saw, but that is about the HRT bill. This is such great news and it's the start of something. You can feel the start of something happening in Parliament where menopausal women are now starting to be heard. So is this linked to prescriptions and to... Yeah. So there's an amazing MP called Carolyn Harris and she's been spearheading this campaign to make HRT prescriptions cheaper now in wales and scotland prescriptions are free anyway but here with with the hrt every time you get your new prescription which for me is every two to three months i have to pay again so the bills can rack up and what carolyn harris has managed to pass in parliament is we only now need to pay for one prescription and it lasts for the whole year so it's only going to cost us i don't know 20 30 pounds now which is amazing because i think there's many women who simply wouldn't be able to afford to be on hrt because they wouldn't be able to afford the regular prescription costs. So I think this is a huge step forward. Um, and also Carolyn Harris is also setting up a, um, a special department within Parliament, co-heading a kind of a menopausal group. And there's going to be a lot more that's going to be done. I just think, what a woman. And big exciting news is that I am going to photograph her today. Oh, Jenny. Um, I've been doing a project sort of celebrating women over the age of 40. Um, So I'm photographing 40 women over the age of 40. And Carolyn Harris has agreed to be part of this project. And I'm so excited because I just think it's, it's, it's women like her that are actually making a huge difference a huge huge difference you know I feel like it's the we're, we're on the edge of change here how exciting, so exciting for you to go meet her isn't that great so I just feel like you know change is coming you know with the likes of Davina the documentary yes. we had recently we are getting noticed now women of our age are getting noticed what's a huge difference that will make to so many women because yes financial 
considerations must be something that stop so many women from getting the help that they need. Um, should we get started with our letters? Actually, before we get started with our letters, I had a I had a little text message from my friend the other day, which is kind of like a letter, isn't it? And I thought I'm going to read that one out. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> she said to me, "Oh, just a quick one. I know you're going skiing in February. Just thought I'd mention that it's worth packing some tenor ladies." <laughs> They're good for when you go over the bumps on the slopes. So I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> Have you had that problem yet, Jenny? No, I have. Well, I haven't been skiing yet, so I don't okay. know. I haven't had a I've not noticed that, but I just thought it's hilarious. Your friend has. These are the sort of um, the times that I'm living in now where the text messages I'm receiving from friends <laughs> advice about packing some tenor ladies. Oh, Kate. Top thing to pack when you're going skiing. <laughs> Times have changed. It wasn't it wasn't that long ago that people were just texting me about a hangover cure and now I've got an incontinence <laughs> cure instead. <laughs> um, right, okay, let's start with our first letter. Now, big news about the first letter, Kate. Ooh. This letter has come from our very first man. <gasps> really? Yes. That's exciting. Isn't it exciting? So this is a man and he's talking about his mum. Yeah, he's been listening to the podcast. Um, This letter is called My Mum and it's from Pete in Staffordshire. Dear Jenny and Kate, so my mum wasn't insane after all. I love my mum and I am the youngest of three children who grew up in a happy family home in the 70s and 80s. My mum and dad were very loving, happily married and I only ever saw them argue twice. Although there were some mum moments, which I now understand after listening to your podcast, were the result of the perimenopause. He's listening to our podcast, Kate. That's so brilliant. (laughs) We've got men listening to the podcast. Welcome, men. My parents were both teachers and they were both very hardworking, honest people who wholeheartedly believed that there simply was no substitute for hard work and that you really must treat everyone with respect. My brother, sister and I were by no means perfect, but we generally got on with each other, did our best and did well at school. Sometimes we obviously fell out with each other, bickered and must have been a pain in the arse. <sighs> I, <laughs> I totally understand why, after working hard at their respective schools all week, my mum and dad's patience with the three of us could run out and one or all of us might be on the receiving end of a well-deserved telling off. However... Looking back on my formative years, there were one or two episodes starring my mum in which Sanity and Calm had both mounted their trusty steeds and galloped the hell out of Rational Central. (laughs) How do people think of these incredible sentences? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one, isn't it? Really great. Whilst my teenage bedroom was hardly a mirror image of the in-store IKEA bedroom sets, I did like to keep it pretty neat and tidy and certainly wasn't someone who'd leave my dirty school PE kit on my floor or dirty crockery under my bed. Gosh, that's unusual, isn't it, for a teenager? Yeah, that's very unusual. (laughs) I wish he was, yeah, I wish he was my son. (laughs) (laughs) However, on more than one occasion, I would return home, head upstairs to my room, to be greeted by a truly shocking sight. This is all in capital letters now. Every single thing that was mine and I mean everything, was piled up in a pyramid shape in the middle of my bedroom floor. What? I can, yeah, I can distinctly remember standing there thinking, what the fuck? But would never have dreamt of letting my parents hear me swear. And a shadow appearing behind me. 
I turned to see my mum standing there with a very dark expression on her face and her only speaking seven words. I told you to tidy your room before disappearing. (laughs) (laughs) Slightly extreme, isn't it? Gosh! I waited until I heard her heading downstairs and went to see my brother and sister. They were already sulkily working their way down their own personal pyramids. (laughs) This happened on three separate occasions and completely out of the blue. And all my dark faced mum would ever say was, I told you to tidy your room. (laughs) As lovely as my mum was and is, I just used to think she was a little mad, to be honest. Every single item in his room, every single one piled up in a pyramid shape (laughs) in the middle of his room. That is a mum who is perimenopausal for sure, right? I just love the way that he describes her as if she's been sort of possessed by something. She's turned into this totally different being, dark faced, like robotic, I told you. And yet, like we say, you know, when you when you are perimenopausal, it can be a bit like you're inhabited by a different person. You're not yourself. Yeah, and this is probably her thing. You know, we've talked about um, we get a little bit obsessed by certain things. I'm guessing that this mum was particularly obsessed about the kids keeping their rooms tidy and presumably they weren't as tidy as she wanted them to be. And because of that and the obsession and the perimenopause and what it does to you, she was like, right, I'm going to do this. But imagine how long that would have taken, Kate. To get every single item in the room. I love <laughs> it that it's in a pyramid. They each have their own personal pyramid <laughs> to work their way down. I might try doing that <laughs> with my yes, three try. children. Do it. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> okay, one morning, he carries on. One morning, myself and my teenage siblings were getting ready for secondary school. Little did we know that our idea of getting ready was not quite good enough for pyramid mum. <laughs> I remember checking my hair in the hall mirror. My brother was rushing around with a cliched piece of toast in one hand and my sister was in the living room pushing school books into her bag. My mum walked past me into the living room and asked my sister something about a wet towel in the bathroom. Completely out of the blue, mum exploded. Now, my mum never swore, but for the first time ever, screamed in my sister's face that she was a little shit. Oh, poor Pyramid Mum. I know, Pyramid Mum is struggling here, isn't she? And she could pack her bags and leave if she continued to treat the house like a hotel. (laughs) My visibly shocked sister backed away towards the old French windows and my enraged mum furiously hurled a hairbrush at her head. Oh, this this is making me think of my own experience with a potato. My sister ducked and the hairbrush shattered a large pane of glass. I can't remember much more except using a dustpan and brush to clear up the glass as my mum grabbed her car keys, stormed out of the house to go to her school and shouting over her shoulder, and make sure your rooms are tidy. Oh. <laughs> pyramid mum. There'll be pyramids <laughs> waiting her. for you otherwise. I love her. Gosh, I feel this poor mum. She's now got to head off to school though and to a class of children. Yeah, oh it's... God, I wonder what, he, wonder what she was like as a teacher being perimenopausal. Oh. I wonder if that came out at all, whether the anger came out with the pupils or whether she just, it kind of exploded when she was back home with her own children. The thing is, you, but, you have to hold it together, don't you, when you're as well? Although, no, I don't know. You have to, and yet, can you? Can you, when your hormones are doing that to you, can you hold it in? 
Um, I wonder if she piled up all the things in her classroom into a pyramid into the middle of the room and <laughs> made the kids tidy that up. Anyway, the last uh, sentence is, I, he says, I spoke to my mum about this recently. We talked about perimenopause and her mood swings all those years ago and we laughed and joked about it. I did make sure she didn't have a hairbrush in her hand, though, from Staffordshire Pete. <laughs> Pete! I'm loving Pete and I'm loving the pyramid, Mum. Me too. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine how my son would react if I did if I did that. <laughs> Put everything in the middle of the room. Should we all I mean, should we both try it? Yeah, I can't be bothered, Kate, because I know I'll be the one that has to try and put it all back together again. I mean, there <laughs> I've got do it plenty properly. of stuff to put in the pyramids. That's all I'm saying. Like oh. <laughs> a lot yeah. of stuff yeah. on the bedroom floors. <laughs> the idea of getting absolutely every single item, which is what this mum did, every single item piled up in the middle of the room. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Pete said at the beginning of that letter that his he only ever saw his mum and dad argue twice. So I have to say, I think that's an amazing thing if she's going through all of this. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, Kate, I love that you picked up on that. I just, yeah. just thought, how incredible. Yeah. Oh, I do like the sound of Pyramid Mum. I'd like to, to meet her one day. managed to create such a lovely, lovely family atmosphere, despite the fact that she thinks it wasn't always easy for her. Maybe we should get back in touch with Pete and ask him for his mum's version of this. Yes. I wonder if she remembers doing it and whether she can just tell us, did, does she remember being perimenopausal? Did she even realise she was menopausal. Let's do that. At the, t- at the time, yeah. yeah. Let's do that. Pete, if you're listening, we want more. We need more info. <laughs> We'd like to hear from your mum. Yeah. We need pyramid mum in our lives. Oh, Now, I've got um, a letter here that has actually been sent to us by my sister-in-law. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned to you before that my sister-in-law is a GP and she particularly specialises in women's health. She has written us a letter and she said, oh, you know, and she's written because she knows me, I guess. She's written, dear Kate and Jenny. I'm used to hearing it the other way around, Jenny. Oh, that doesn't Jenny sound right to me. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't sit right. That's like calling um, Ant and Deck, Deck and Ant. <laughs> I'm going with it. I'm going to start a whole new trend. Do it. Okay, dear I'll try Kate. and control my, uh, my frustration. Go on, say it. <laughs> dear Kate and Jenny. <laughs> and Jenny. <Ooh. laughs> Just throw that away. Added on as a little afterthought there. (laughs) Dear Kate and Jenny. (laughs) It's not Deck and Ant, guys. It's not Deck and Ant. It's Ant and Deck. Just remember that. Right. Dear Kate and Jenny, I am writing to you as a woman in her mid-40s with three teenage children and a busy job as a portfolio GP with an interest in women's health. More importantly, Kate is my sister-in-law. And I'm a super fan of Dear Hormones and Kate and Jenny's brilliant and clever humour. I love that. Oh, I love her already. (laughs) I'm not quite sure whether that's true, but thank you so much, Zora. She's called Zora, my sister-in-law. She's lovely. Listen, we love a compliment, guys. We love a compliment. We do. (laughs) Today, Kate has asked me to give my GP perspective on the menopause, a subject that, at the moment... We GPs would call a hot topic. Since Davina's documentary, GPs have had dozens of calls from women wanting to discuss the menopause and HRT. That's great news, isn't it? Menopause hit the general media and the medical media responded. Numerous articles have and are still being published in medical journals. And there are many online webinars now available to support doctors and nurses to manage women who are going through the menopause. 
So this is great because a lot of what Davina's um, documentary was saying was around the fact that GPs and medical staff generally don't really feel equipped, haven't been given the training to help women who are going through the menopause. And it sounds as though things are being done to, to try and improve that situation. Yeah, fantastic. Sadly, these were few and far between a couple of years ago. Updates to national guidance by NICE, the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, and the British Menopause Society were made in 2020. And many clinical commissioning groups have also updated or written local HRT prescribing guidance based on the national guidance. And the Royal College of Nursing has recently developed pathways for nurses to become nurse specialists in menopause, which is fantastic in my opinion. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant because I've said for such a long time since I've been going through this that every single surgery should should have a, a specialist nurse or doctor in the menopause. So that sounds like it's happening, which is fantastic. Absolutely great. It always helps to speak to a GP or nurse with an interest in women's health if there is one at your surgery when discussing the menopause. They will assess your symptoms and their causes, which may include menopause, although tests may be needed to exclude other conditions which have symptoms that mimic the menopause. Once a diagnosis has been made, there are excellent oestrogen and testosterone replacement products available to try that are suitable for the majority of women, although there are some women who may not be able to use HRT. For example, women with oestrogen-dependent cancer or undiagnosed vaginal bleeding. So this is very interesting as well. We've got a friend, haven't we? I think we've both got this same friend and she has mentioned to me before the, a problem with HRT if you're going through cancer treatment it's not necessarily something that is a, an option for you. It is important to point out though that not all women have debilitating symptoms when they go through the menopause. In fact many of us get through it with hardly any problems at all but the perimenopause can be a difficult time. We are often at the peak of our careers looking after teenagers or small children elderly parents worrying about cooking cleaning the house car money so what gives? Our health, of course. We are always on the back foot playing catch-up, so it's not surprising we can't sleep. I've said this a few times on the podcast as well. Because there are so many things going on in a, in a woman's life when she hits her 40s, 50s, there's so many, all the things that um, she's just explained here, that you wouldn't... It's like one of the letters Nikki said in her letter before about joining the dots. You don't join the dots and think, oh, actually, it's not just that I'm busy it's not just this it's not just that it is actually the menopause something because you put on. it down you put it down to almost everything else but exactly stress anxiety labile mood and fatigue can all be explained by the fact that we work too hard worry too much have little time for ourselves to be mindful exercise or do things we enjoy and perhaps we drink too much coffee have a few unnecessary glasses of wine or a cigarette to decompress grab supermarket sandwiches for lunch and eat quick carb-loaded dinners too late at night, leading to poor sleep, weight gain, low mood, poor self-esteem, anxiety, and the vicious cycle continues. And that's all before we factor in dropping oestrogen levels. So my advice is to step back, be more forgiving, and ask your family and colleagues to do the same. Schedule in lots of fresh air, relaxation, exercise and fun. And if you win the lottery, pop a cleaner, cook, masseur and sun-soaked beach hideaway on the list too. <laughs> oh, yes, please. <laughs> that does sound great. <laughs> I like that advice. 
step back and be more forgiving. I mean, asking yeah. your family and your colleagues to do the same, it's, it's all very true, isn't it? It's just sometimes it's its difficult, I guess, you know, at work, we don't feel able to ask people to make allowances for us. That is something that Carolyn Harris is going to be doing with this new sort of committee that they've set up about the menopause in Parliament. They're going to be looking at the workplace and the menopausal woman and how they can support and get big corporate companies to recognise menopausal women and to look at ways that they can help. But... If having addressed your lifestyle, you are still not feeling great and there are no other obvious medical or psychological causes for your symptoms, it might be time to give HRT a try. If low oestrogen levels are causing your symptoms, you will be transformed almost immediately when you start using an oestrogen replacement product. And for those of you who are unable to take HRT, there are lots of alternatives to HRT with varying degrees of benefit. These include complementary therapies such as black cohosh, St John's wort and vaginal moisturisers and prescribed drugs such as selective serotonin and serotonin, oh I'm not going to be able to read this word, norepinephrine, <laughs> norepinephrine, <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, that's a tricky one. Norepinephrine, norepinephrine, <laughs> I don't yeah. really know, reuptake inhibitors or SSRIs and SNRIs, which have proven beneficial for menopausal vasomotor symptoms, which is the fancy term for hot flushes. It's just great to know that there are people like Zora, wonderful Zora, who are GPs who really do specialise in women's health in this way. Yes, and know their stuff. Yeah, I mean, I've got a great one. I must say, I know we've said a few things about some GPs in this podcast before um, because there have been some horror stories, really, with some GPs. But I do want to say that my GP is amazing. Mm. So, you know, there, there are plenty of them out there. And hopefully there's more of that coming from what Zora's saying as well with the training that's that's yeah um, on offer. Exercise and CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, are also effective. There is so much more to talk about and I would love to join you and discuss this further with you and your listeners sometime soon. Thank you so much, Zora, for writing in. And it's been so great to hear that from a GP's perspective, hasn't it? Absolutely. And wonderful. That's my sister-in-law. That's my sister-in-law. And thank you again, Zora, for the way you started your letter. Dear Kate and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, thanks, Zora. <laughs> right, let's move on to letter number three. This letter is called The Rage Family, which I already am excited about. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay, um... From the Rage family. Here we go. Dear Jenny and Kate. <laughs> didn't pick up. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Dear, dear Jenny and Kate. I am writing to you on behalf of the Rage family. It is without... <laughs> it brilliant, I'm wondering it? if they actually are called the Rage. If that is the surname. <laughs> uh, I don't think it is, but it probably should change it to that once you've heard this letter. It is without a doubt the best name for us as hormones have made us see red for decades. (laughs) Although we all knew that my mum suffered from rage the most, my sister and I didn't come clean to each other until about a year ago. My sister and I have spent most of our childhood watching our mum smash plates against walls when it was her time of the month. Sometimes my dad was even the target when entire platefuls of dinner were hurled across the room. She saw red, but we had no idea why. We were definitely confused and scared by the things she did. Mm. Yeah, it sounds. You know, when you said about your mum and her PMT mm. and throwing the potato, it sounds yeah. like this this mum has got that kind of rage going on. Yeah. 
And also I'm thinking back to another story that we had about, the, do you remember the mini cheddar story? And her mum threw a sort of a whole plate of food at her child and then like, and then scrunched up the mini cheddars <laughs> purposefully <laughs> and scattered them <laughs> all that, that over the bed. Great, that was a great letter, wasn't it? She goes, however, later in life, my sister and I began to experience similar outbursts and began to understand our mum more. Just as we began to get angry, my mum hit the menopause, making her symptoms even worse. My sister is five years younger than me, so luckily I had moved out before hers began. Mm-hmm. Once, when my mum was redecorating a room, she became so angry with the radiator being in the way that she ripped the thing clean off the wall. Gracious <laughs> me! <gasps> She had no explanation for it afterwards when we wondered why it was hanging off. She just said she got cross. That was it. Wow. But we understood. She's very strong. I mean, you know, I don't know about the rage family, the strong fan, the strongs. Yeah, that takes some doing, doesn't it? To get a whole radiator off the wall. But we understood because the weird thing about this rage is that it consumes you so much that you can hardly even remember why you responded in such an angry way. She sheepishly wandered off when we were asking her questions about the radiator, but my sister and I secretly knew exactly why it had happened. Rage just took over. Recently, she also admitted to putting her sewing machine... This is good. She, <laughs> recently, she, recently, she also admitted to putting her sewing machine into a cold and dark cupboard as punishment for not working properly. <laughs> <laughs> she punished the sewing machine. She wanted it to feel cold and lonely and to feel <laughs> suffering before she smashed it up. <gasps> Oh my god, I love that. She's probably a good thing that she's punishing things rather than people. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Her anger boils even more when she physically feels hot, which happens a lot more now. So whatever is lying around gets the brunt of the smashing. When out gardening, if things fall or she gets hurt by anything, then she punishes them by totally obliterating them. <laughs> Late <laughs> Lately, it's been apples from the tree in the garden that have fallen on her head, so they got pummeled to death with gardening tools. (laughs) Or even more hilariously, stamped on. (laughs) Branches that have scratched her have been macheted from bushes and ripped to pieces. (laughs) The rosebush suffered an awful fate. It's only recently that we've started sharing these stories with each other, and now we realise we are all the same. I once threw a toaster out of my window and I live on the fifth floor of a building. Gosh! (laughs) Oh my God, it really does come over them, doesn't it? I mean, I understand this. I totally understand what they're talking about. My rage was insane and it all happened because I wasn't able to get a crumpet out of it. (laughs) Another time, I actually put rubber gloves on before smashing up a printer that had made me cross because I didn't want to get ink on my hands. Something which had happened the day before and inevitably made me even more angry. The printer wouldn't work properly, so obviously, since it was only days before my period, rage ensued and the printer paid. The printer died that day and I had to buy a new one. My most recent anger explosion was when I threw the remote control at the TV because my pizza delivery arrived cold. (gasps) 
<laughs> the screen smashed and it was a very expensive outburst. The TV was a gift from my partner's mum, so that was a really tough one to explain. I just can't hold in my anger. Goodness. When my, isn't it scary, Kate? I mean, we, we've talked about this a lot, haven't we? About that anger when it comes over you. The, you can't help how you react. And that's what's oh. happening with this family. They all suffer. When my sister finally told me that she was the same, she also shared her stories. Once, she caused a tidal wave in her kitchen when lobbing a mixing bowl into a full sink. It was because the cake mixture was too runny. She was so angry that she left the kitchen as a flood for her partner to clear up. Another time, after learning from the previous tidal wave, she chose to beat up a kitchen roll with a rolling pin, as this would cause less mess. <laughs> sensible. Even within the rage, she was being sensible. <laughs> she doesn't even remember what had caused her anger then. Do you know, I mean, this is actually just a hilarious letter. These, this catalogue of different things that have happened, it's, it's amazing and so yeah. funny. And yet, imagine, living, all three of them, imagine being so angry so much at yeah. the time. It's yeah. so hard. It's really hard, isn't it? And, and also, I mean, obviously we know with the menopause about taking HRT and that, you know, can really help with those mm. symptoms. But I'm not sure what you take... There must be something. We should look at, look into it. But I'm not sure what you take for PMT, for the PMT rage. Um, we should we should look into that, Kate. Yeah. Actually, that's a question for Zora. Yeah, let's let's ask her. I'll ask her. So she doesn't even remember what had caused her anger then. That's what her sister said. We all suffer horrendously with unexplained, totally inappropriate rage that comes in spurts when our hormones are at a particular time of the month or, in my mum's case, randomly attacking her throughout menopause. At least when she was getting her period regularly, she would know when the anger might strike. But now it's totally random. It's such a hard thing to deal with because it's so ridiculous and sometimes really violent. All of our partners are unbelievably understanding considering how awful we are. Mine even paid for half of the new replacement TV. I will always feel guilty about that one. Mm. With love and anger from the Rage family. I want to just scoop them all up. So do I, hug. Kate. That's how I feel because that must be absolutely awful for them. And I know, I mean, there are some very funny things within this letter. But as you just said, you know, underlying all of that is this uncontrollable rage that is not their fault. It's not their fault. Their hormones are to blame here. Perhaps what we should do is we should ask Sora to see if there's things for PMT to calm that rage down and let them know because that might be well be helping them. I'm going to send her and a message. You, Straight yeah, after this podcast, I'm sending yeah. a message. Oh, and going on for so long as well, you know, it's not just menopause in that family. It's gone on right through through periods, as you say, PMT yeah. and, and then into menopause. So that's a, it's a lot of years of feeling so angry. I, I want to say a huge thank you to them for mm. sharing that with us, because I don't think that could have been easy, actually, to, to admit some of that stuff and to allow us to read it out. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. Um, I've got a letter here which is called Snoring. This comes to us from Becky. Becky's in Portsmouth. Thank you very much for writing to us, Jenny. Jenny? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny. It's because, you know why I said that? It's because I'm aware that I'm looking at the the, the how it's addressed and it is addressed, dear Jenny and Kate, and that just, you know, riles me. <laughs> that it starts with Jenny. <laughs> All I can see is Jenny. This letter isn't from Jenny, it's from Becky. Thank you very much, Becky, for writing to us. Dear Jenny and Kate, I am laying in bed at 5.20am and my hormones are raging. 
I am having my period, aka tin hat time, and listening to your podcast. I always seek redemption in your podcast when my husband is snoring and I want to drown him out. (laughs) Do you? Oh, Oh, I'm so glad we could be of some assistance here, Becky. (laughs) You are welcome. Oh, you keep me sane in my hour of need. That's so lovely. Thank you, Becky. Today, however, my hormones are raging. And if I had an axe, I think I could chop off his head. Rage family will relate to that. I know this feeling, yeah. All my senses are heightened and I have imagined karate chopping him across the neck, kicking him in his shins and putting a pillow on his head. (laughs) 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 Knowing I'm not alone. I get it. (laughs) Knowing I'm not alone is so refreshing. You're not alone. Actually, last night my husband was snoring and oh, it was really winding me up. (laughs) It's the worst, isn't it? It's the absolute worst. Oh, my PMT has got much worse post-children and I can't bear to imagine how bad my menopause will be. I've never felt rage like the rage I feel in the four days of every month. To top it off, as I am signing off on this letter, he has started sounding like a bubbling water tank and he's breathing on me. (laughs) Oh no! Do you know, I actually completely relate to this as well because sometimes, you know, the snoring, well, I'll sort of like give him a little gentle nudge or whatever and the snoring will stop. But then you get this little sort of sound which is very, very quiet and yet no less annoying than the loud snoring where it will sort of be like kind of a, he'll breathe in and then it'd be like a, like a little sort of catch, like a little kind of bubbly catch in his breathing, you know. (laughs) It's very, it's very slight, and yet it's repeated again and again and again, and it just does. Uh, it, it's just awful. It's my biggest bugbear. <laughs> I, I, you know, I love it as well. This is the second letter we've had that's been written in the moment. Yes, it? you know, she's she's writing it there and then whilst he's snoring next to her, she's tapping out this letter. Love it. <laughs> I shall increase. She ends this letter wonderfully as well. Yeah. I shall increase the volume on my AirPods, cover my face, and wonder what my boys will have for lunch at school today. <laughs> <laughs> it's the key question on every yes. parent's lips. <laughs> oh, will there be a smorgasbord oh board of of crap yeah. <laughs> on offer? smorgasbord of crap oh my god Becky thank you so much for writing that letter I felt it I could feel that she was sitting there with the snoring going on saying oh I think I could chop off his head let me tell you that this has been plaguing me all my well certainly all my life with Chris my husband because he is a snorer to the extent that actually very kindly a few years ago Chris actually sent me off to have custom made earplugs that I now yes that I now wear in bed to drown him out it was just really affecting my life and obviously he couldn't help it and he's tried all the things you know those nose strips he even had a mouth guard once nothing would work so I now have these custom made ear earplugs but the breathing thing the other day the earplugs were obviously blot blotting it all out but um 
he turned over and he was sort of facing me and then I had my arm out over the duvet and I could just feel his breath on my arm and it was really annoying and I really wanted my arm there it was really comfortable but I had to move it and put it under the duvet and but the other thing I was going to say about snoring it was the best thing ever well, it's not the best thing ever at all it was awful but my sister and I and my mum all went on holiday together several years ago now and um, we'd all, we, were, we went to Spain we all stayed in the same hotel room now my mum, I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like her snoring. It is in another league altogether. It is unbelievable, Kate. I mean, Has imagine this always the worst, been the case? Always, always really? been the case. But obviously we don't normally sleep in the same room as her, so it's never really affected us. But this particular holiday, we'd all decided to share the same room. We were quite young. We were teenagers, I think, my sister, and her early 20s. I mean, the snoring is unbelievable. And I remember every night my sister and I used to say to her, right, mum, give us, give us an hour. Give us an hour to get off to sleep before you even try to go off to sleep. <laughs> so we'd have this little competition to desperately trying to get to sleep before she got to sleep, which never works because when you're trying to get to sleep, knowing something's coming, you know you can never do it. And my sister and I were having, I, I mean, by sort of day three, we were a wreck because um, she just kept us up all night. So my lovely, lovely, lovely mum... One night, went and slept in the bath. <laughs> but it didn't help, Kate, because it was rattling then and echoing around, echoing, the, yes. around the bathroom. So that didn't help. And so the next day, she went out, because we were in Spain and it was quite warm, she went out and she slept on the balcony instead. So she, she closed the door. So my sister and I, you know, actually that night got a good night's sleep until three o'clock in the morning when my sister and I were suddenly woken up by a couple of loud bangs like crashing noises like something had been thrown at the well, I say like something had been thrown at the window had it been? something something had been thrown at the window someone because <laughs> it was in, we were in Spain it was hot and people were sleeping with in this hotel people were sleeping with their doors open people could hear my mum snoring and it incensed someone so much that they'd got out of bed gone down down onto the the basement, found some stones and were throwing them up at my mum's balcony. <gasps> and <laughs> my, she was not. She was sleeping. She on was the balcony. lying there. So my mum, my sister and I, were like, mum, can you hear that? And all we heard my mum say in a really kind of quiet view, I don't move. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and someone had, yes. And that's how bad her snoring was that she'd incensed. And I wonder now whether that was a menopausal woman <laughs> that couldn't get to sleep, who had like stormed downstairs and started throwing stones at her. I know. She my was poor having mom. stones thrown at her for you, for her darling daughters, for so that us. she could give I know. you a bit of sleep. I know, isn't she kind? But she just kept the whole hotel up instead. And even the rep on our holiday, she had the room next door to us and she, in a, in a kind of like passive aggressive way, the next day went, oh, so which one of you is the snorer? <laughs> <laughs> so just, I just want to say to Becky once more how I completely and utterly understand where you're coming from with this. I, I feel your pain. Just crank up the volume. Keep listening to these podcasts, <laughs> Becky. We'll get you through it. Yeah, thank you, Becky, so much for sharing that letter with us. Um, and please do keep your letters coming. Um, any hormone-related stories that you have, we would love to hear them. And our Instagram is at dearhormones. Um, or you can send us an email to dearhormones at yahoo.com. 
Um, that's it, Kate. We've read all four letters this week. Um, just a quick one. How's Kate's menopause watch going? Anything else to report or are we about the same? Oh, how's the scouts? How are the scouts? <laughs> scouts are fine. So we had, um, this week was, oh dear. <laughs> no I mean it's it's one scouts is wonderful my son is loving being a scout I'd love to say I'm loving being a scout leader I don't know whether I <laughs> yeah, can quite I'm, I'm not I'm not so bothered about how much your son's loving it I'm, re- I'm really keen to know how the scout leading is going well this week I mean it's great so because we live in London scouts are supposed to be good at navigating and um they'd they'd gone off and they'd done this big old navigation exercise 20 kilometers in the Chilterns um so all wonderful they'd done their overground bit but because we live in London this week was the time for learning how to navigate navigate underground and they had to navigate their way around the tube system which is really good isn't it because yeah it's important that 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 they're able to find their way around and but it just basically involved me shadowing a group of scouts um and we went all over London all the way down to Earl's Court and then all the way up to Baker Street and King's Cross and um, East Finchley and also it was it was sort of hours really of being on a tube and which which is fine. <laughs> okay, it's not fine, then, is it? That then, is not but they, fine. They quite, I think they quite enjoyed themselves and then yeah, we had sure to they sort of go around to various different landmarks and have photographs taken in front of different landmarks. But they were very keen, which was great. So they'd sort of arrive and then they would like they would run not up the escalator but up the stairs. <laughs> And there, there I would be, like, tr- trying not to let them out of my sight, running up the escalator while they ran up the stairs, and yet they were still faster than me. To, and at one point, oh, Jenny, it was awful. At one point, as I ran up the escalator after them, I had a fall. <laughs> <laughs> I fell over on the escalator. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> off they went, out of my sight, up, up oh, over the... Okay. Over the top, and I'd fallen over on this escalator. Oh, it's and painful falling me, over on escalators. It's really, really painful. It's hard metal, and it dipped yeah. my shins in. Oh, <laughs> I drew blood, and um, yeah, damaged the trousers. <laughs> drew a bit of blood. All the people around me are saying, "Oh, you're okay. You're okay." <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm gonna follow those scouts. <laughs> Up I get in my scout scarf, dashing after them. Hey, you drew blood. You drew blood for your scout leading. That's that's how dedicated you are. You're well, at least it was my blood. blood this time and not someone else's blood because you know that poor girl. It was um, when we were whittling the other week. It was it was someone else's blood after my. I'll try and advise her how to whittle. Oh, so Kate, um, I am loving these scout stories. I love. I love. Oh, Kate, that must have been quite boring, was it? Two hours on the chip. It for wasn't. You. It oh. wasn't my favourite week of scouts, if I'm honest. <laughs> But as I say, I think they all had a great time and I think they did learn something. <laughs> but there was a lot of sitting on the tube while oh, they were sort in of... In a pandemic, in a pandemic. In a, <laughs> in a pandemic. And we were all masked up. Thankfully, at that time of night, it was quite late at night and there, there, there weren't many people on the tube. So, um, yeah. It, oh, well done you, Kate. Well done. Not only that, you're just entering your perimenopausal years and you've taken on being a scout leader. The stories that we're about to get from you are going to be priceless. I cannot wait. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, well, with that, Kate, I think we should say goodbye and keep your letters coming and we will see you again next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much. Goodbye. That was Dear Hormones with Jenny Smith and Kate Baus. If you've got a story to share, email the girls at dearhormones at yahoo.com or they're at dearhormones on Instagram. Until next time...